This is Michelle, your Chief Hope Builder. If you're here, it's because you have a loved one in addiction and you want to find hope. Well, you're in the right place. We will help you go from havoc to hope. Follow along with us for 30 days in the book, Unhackable Moms of Addicted Loved Ones. This is a series. Each episode will include an interview with one of the moms who helped write the book. You'll hear parts of their stories and how they found peace and calm in their lives. Subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. The link to buy the book and to join our tribe are in the show notes. Let's get started. Thanks for joining. Hi, it's Michelle, and today I have Sandy Carmichael with me. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Michelle. Sandy is um, a mom who has written parts of her story in the book, and you will be hearing her voice on the podcast and and the videos um, in the coming days. Today, we are going to be talking about day three, identify your enemy. Mastering others is strength. Mastering oneself is true power. And I'd like to just give Sandy uh, Sandy's quick bio here. She's a Christian wife and mom, mom of three, a daughter in heaven and two sons, one recovering from an SUD. Sandy is a retired family and consumer science teacher and guidance counselor. She's also a quilter, seamstress, knitter, and chief encourager. She's articulate, a lifelong learner. Sandy is compassionate, faithful, loyal, spiritual, and committed to helping moms on this journey. Welcome, Sandy. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here with you all. And I knew Sandy. I've known Sandy because uh, she has been a teacher at our um, high school here in our city. And that's how I first met Sandy. Um, it was when I was a guardian to my oldest granddaughter, and we were going to parent-teacher conferences, and I, I met Sandy again, and Sandy was one of Alana's favorite teachers, and is still, so anyway, so um, what, in day three, what, what was the most um, eye-opening thing for you going through day three? I think the most eye-opening thing was um, looking at the example of bed and or. Um, I'm really, really strong about taking responsibility. I taught for 42 years and all of that time. I talked to my students about taking responsibility and that you can only change you and that you need to be accountable. You need to know what you're doing. You need to be responsible. And I just preached that and tried to preach that to my children. And so uh, (laughs) I'm not sure that always sunk in in either place, but I'm just a huge believer that if we don't take responsibility, for ourselves, we allow other people to control us. We allow other events to control us. And I I like to be in control, which is part of the, the problem that I have had to work on is that I am not in control of a lot of things. But the reality is we are in control of more things than we often think we are. And so if we look for what we can be in control of and turn the rest over to God, um, which is my Christian background, then 
we can feel some joy. And joy isn't happiness and party and all exciting. Joy is a peace that comes deep within us and a hope that whatever happens, God is in control and he is always here for us. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So in, in this day, bed stands for blame, excuses, and denial. And so often, um, at least like with me, when my journey first started, I was probably laying in that bed without realizing it because I always had excuses for, for not getting myself well. Um, I used to say, well, I need to keep my grandchildren safe, or I'm worried about this or worried about that. And, um, or I would blame something other than, you know, I would just always not take responsibility for getting well and finding joy. I was letting everything else hack me um, to the point where I was, you know, in my doctor's office. And she's like, Michelle, you got to get a grip. You know, you got to get well um, for me. But yeah, so. Um, and I think that the excuse thing, I've never really been one to blame others. I've always, because I am someone who likes to please people. I don't like conflict. So I've always taken on responsibility, maybe even sometimes when it wasn't my responsibility, but that would just shut down that blaming. Um, but the excuses, I think I even did that and I didn't realize I was making excuses. I was giving my son one more chance or I was letting him do one more thing because if this happened, then he was gonna turn his life around. And so I don't think I even really, um, understood the excuses, but I do think that I was definitely in denial. Like I, I was so in denial about, oh. you know, this is just a teenage thing. All kids drink, you know, I know he's having some issues, but I just have to love him enough. And, um, that kept me from learning what I needed to learn that kept me from reaching out and certain that kept me from saying no to him. And, we've learned and through this book and through this group, we have learned that we love, but that doesn't mean that love isn't just giving them everything they want. Yeah. And I had to learn some pretty big lessons around that. Yeah. Yeah. You and me for sure. And I, I, I definitely think I was in denial too, at least when he was in a teenager, you know, they just go through this, he'll get over it. It's just a phase. But then now, even when I look back on pictures of him when his daughters were really young and people used to say, wow, he's really skinny. And I used to think, well, you know, we have a thin family, like my, my, just my brothers are thin. My parents were thin, but no, I look back on him now, even I think, why didn't I see that he, you could tell that he wasn't healthy and yet when you're in it with them, you know, you don't even see what's in front of you. Like you just don't even notice that. Um, I would you, make, I'm sorry. No, I would I've, make excuses like, well, he's just thin because he works a lot or, you know, um, even in that respect. So go ahead. Yeah. I, I feared, I had a lot of fear. If I say no, if I set a boundary, especially in high school, my goal was that no matter what happens, he has to graduate from high school because I knew that that was the ticket. I mean, even if he didn't go to college right away or do whatever right away, he at least had that foundation. So I would let him do all kinds of things because I was afraid he would run away or he would leave yes. or he would, you know, 
quit school, you know, and he may or may not have done that. But my fear kept me giving him things because I thought that would allow him to finish high school. Um, and yeah, yeah, because we want it so badly for them. That's so interesting. My fear was that he had to parent, he had to provide for his family because, oh my goodness, if he couldn't work and he couldn't, you know, keep his car or keep a job, who was going to take care of them? And I kept delaying the inevitable, right? Because in the end, he ended up losing everything, even his kids and who ended up raising them. So um, it, it's kind of like we have to reduce the time, the duration that they're in this place because the longer they're in um, active addiction, the more difficult the brain is to heal. That's just proven. And so um, now, you know, looking back, I'm like, wow, I dragged this thing on for what, 15 years. Of, and, and I would say things like, well, he's going to jail and he still has to pay his fines and still has to be accountable, but he needs to get out of jail so he can get back to his job for today. And so I would bail him out. Like, I mean, the rash, the way I rationalized things was, you know, but yeah. So, but, but it helps now. So moms, if you're listening to this, we're not judging you because trust me, we've been there and, you know, it's just helpful to hear other moms do the same thing. You can give yourself grace and um, forgive yourself and just start a new day. And that's what this book is all about. There's, you know, there's 30 days and every day um, you're going to just gain one more little tidbit of wisdom that we hope will help you reach, you know, for a dream that you have in your life. So um, I like, I like the parallel between the victim and the victor. I mean, did you have any comments about that part in this day? We kind of talked, I mean, that's. Well, I think that's, that's a choice for moms and it's a choice for our addicted loved ones, right? We can choose whether we're going to continue to be in misery or we can choose to go through this 30 days. We can choose to make um, choices that allow us to find joy and hope and, and separate ourselves from our child. One of the things that was one of the hardest things for me to do was to separate. I sat by my phone. When we talk about in the beginning of the chapter, what hacked you? Well, my phone hacked me because if he texted, I was worried because of what he said. If he didn't text, I was worried because was he out there drinking or was he dead or was he in jail or where was he? What was he doing? And so that hacked me um, because I was so attached to him and you know on the, he's been to jail three different times and each time he's gone I've gotten something in the pit of my stomach and I think as moms there is kind of a connection I don't know biological connection or just because we've seen signs I'm not sure it's environmental and I think it's some um, you know nature and nurture but um I just knew that something was wrong. And I can't, I would guess every mom watching this has had that feeling yep. like something's wrong here. I can't put my finger on it, but it's yep. going to be really bad. I've um, had that. So, yeah. I think uh, and, we all have. And, and so then it leads to trauma because, so I've had that where, oh my gosh, I think he's in jail. And then he'll call mom, I'm in jail. 
and you know, that, that feeling where your whole body goes limp, it's like this panic attack and you just feel like you're just going to shut down and you just collapse. Right. Well, don't we still have those moments of intuition? We think, um, I mean, I, Ryan's three and a half years in recovery and I talked to him yesterday and it was like, he was somewhere else. And I had those thoughts like, oh my goodness, where was he? Is he using, I mean, it, it was those flashbacks and he goes, I'm sorry, mom, I'm in really heavy traffic right now. So I think I'm just having trouble listening. So it could be that, and it could be the other, but um, because he drives a truck and it's hard to maneuver a semi with a whole full load behind mm-hmm. you, I just Imagine. was like, oh, okay, well, we'll talk another time. But it's that trauma of, uh, of coming back to, you know, feeling those feelings again and, and trying to uh, com- just reject those or find your peace, find your calm, meditate so that you can, that can pass. But one thing I want to just say about the victim and the victor thing too, is um, I used to listen, like Ryan would play the victim card with me sometime and I would fall for it. And even when he was younger, like, and he would share something about some kid being mean to him or a teacher not understanding him, this is horrible to admit, but I'd be like, wow, like I would have negative thoughts about that kid or that teacher or something instead of saying, wait a minute, who owns this, right? Well, what are you going to do about it? Instead of feeling like I had to hurry up and come to his rescue and make it all better. I was one of those moms. I'm ashamed to say that, but I didn't, I, I don't think I understood because my mom was so not involved like that. And I always felt so alone, like she was almost angry about being there for me. And so I didn't know how to be in the middle. So I became this, you know, if my son played the victim card, I would come to his rescue and be like, yeah, I'd be on his team instead of showing him how to be the victor. That was huge, huge. I did a different thing because my son was always, mom, you don't need to help me. I've got this. I don't need any help. I don't need any help. But because of my maternal instincts and and probably honestly, we'd lost a daughter in a car accident. And I think I was very overprotective of my children. I always wanted everything to go well. But I think part of that too is just being a mom. But I wanted to rescue him when he didn't even need to be rescued. Yeah. And so now um, one of the hardest things for him is to accept help. And I'm having to learn how to back off, but still be there if he if he reaches out rather than me wanting yeah. to solve problems. And boy, is that hard. Yeah, yeah, I've been there too. Wow, that's good. That's good. Well, moms, if you're listening, I'm sure you can relate to, you know, our different stories. Just know and be encouraged that there's hope and you're here. So that's the most important thing is that you've decided to make yourself a priority. And um, I, I encourage you to look at the last part of this day where you um, make a commitment, you make a commitment. uh, Because you your choice will make you or break you. 
And here's how the commitment goes. I, Michelle, hereby declare as of this date, I will embrace my oars, which is ownership, responsibility, accountability, and no longer allow my bed, my blame, denial, to get in the way of reaching my goals, my dreams, or my boon. And so I encourage you to, to just write that down and date it in your journal and know that you are on your way. So any, any party words, Sandy, for everyone today? I think that you need to keep that in front of you. It's great to have it in your journal, but if you could put it on your mirror or your refrigerator, I mean, I don't know, you may not want it on your refrigerator, but somewhere where you can read that and know that you're working toward this new thing. You're working toward this new hope and this Good. new goal and this you, because that's exactly what's going to happen as you read this book. You're going to get stronger and you're going to make commitments and you're going to, under, you're going to learn how to do things differently, how to think differently. And we're just so excited for you to be on this journey. Um, we, it has saved my life. And there are so many other people in the tribe that Michelle has helped and on the Facebook pages that this wisdom, I'm just so proud of you, Michelle, for compiling it all and putting it out there to help all of us moms. Um, I could live do, I could were created to live really. Yeah. I couldn't have done it without all of you. And it's been my boon, like on day two, my boon. Um, and so focusing on that has really helped me, you know, just cut out and cut through all the negative. But I just want to say one more thing. And I love your example of putting it on the refrigerator. If you're bold enough to share that, um, let your family see that because they'll know, you know, if it's your addicted loved ones or your spouse or your other children, that you are working on you, that you're making yourself a priority and they're going to be proud of you. So don't be ashamed to share that. And uh, God bless. We'll see you tomorrow for or the next day, day four, next time around. Take care.